Welcome to the Victorious Souls Podcast with self-love coach, Danielle Burnock. Things happen in our lives that make us feel powerless. But Danielle believes that anyone can become a victorious soul by reclaiming what belongs to them, their value, their belovedness, and their God-given superpower. The Victorious Souls Podcast is dedicated to empowering you to rise up, reclaim, and embrace the change from survive to thrive as a victorious soul through the power of love. And now, here's that lady on the internet who loves you, Danielle. Welcome to the Victorious Souls podcast with me, Danielle Burnock, that lady on the internet who loves you, connecting you to the love that heals so you can love yourself from Survive to Thrive. Today, my guest is Doris Swift, my friend. I've known her for a number of years, and I'm delighted to share her story with you today because this isn't something that I've really heard anyone talk about. I'm not saying no one ever did, but I haven't heard about it, and I... I really want to share this with you, my listeners. It's going to add so much value because Doris is not only an author, speaker, podcaster, and founder of Fierce Calling Ministries. Her passion has been in helping women live out their calling with a deep connection to Jesus and with boldness for over 30 years. But recently she's experienced a trauma I've heard very little talked about after the front page news. And and she has a new book coming out, so we're going to talk about that, too. So welcome to the show with me today, Doris. I am so excited to get into this today. Thank you, Danielle. It's so great to be here. I appreciate you having me on. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so tell my listeners a little bit about, about you, about Doris. Tell them about Doris. Okay. Well, you kind of went over the bio info. And besides that, I am wife to Brian and mom to two amazing grownups and their husband and wife. So I call my son-in-law, my son-in-love and my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-love because law just seems so kind of cold. <laughs> and, uh, and then we have six grandkids Ooh. and we live in central Florida. And just, yeah, so I, I am on staff at my church and I've just been really drawn to women and encouraging women and ministering to women. So I do lay counseling there and discipleship mentoring as well, which is just such a blessing. And I'm humbled to be able to do that. Wow. That's wonderful. And like you mentioned, you live in Florida. So that's kind of like the hurricane capital of the world kind of thing. So have you ever mm -hmm. been affected by the weather down there in an adverse way? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. I was originally born in New Jersey and moved to Florida in the ninth grade. And Florida is known for hurricanes. We have a hurricane season. You know, we've got the four seasons, then we got the hurricane season. <laughs> we have it's construction like an extra season, season in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. We have the four seasons and, and construction season. So I think every state has its thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I really never really thought about that until I just said that right this moment. And then we were talking about it. But yes, hurricane season. And, you know, usually it 
It's fine. You just watch the news. And the good thing is, is that, you know, days ahead, it's a little bit different than maybe a tornado or an earthquake. You have some warning. You have several days warning, actually, to prepare and get all of your supplies. And, you know, you want to get to the store as quick as you can before all the water's off the shelf and, you know, get the gas that you need and all of that for generators. And, you know, if you have to leave, you, you have to make a decision if you are going to evacuate or stay. So yes, we've had quite a few hurricanes over over the years that we've lived here. But did you ever have to evacuate? Year, we did. We did evacuate uh, a few different times. We left, and it wasn't necessarily because it was going to be a direct hit or it might be catastrophic. Some of them are, and then they get downgraded, which is which is fantastic. But we have left the area just because we have a lot of trees in our yard. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's the danger of the trees coming on, down on the house and, and that kind of thing. There was one year where our entire family kind of caravaned together. And all the hotels were booked up all the way up the coast. We could not find a place to stay. So we wound up parking in the back of a huddle house, which is open 24 seven, which worked out fine. Cause then you've What's got food and restrooms. <laughs> it's kind of like a pancake house, waffle house, oh, something okay. like that, but it's called the huddle house. And so it's, it was open all night. So it was, it was perfect, but we won't ever forget that. But <laughs> most, most of the time we ride it out. <laughs> you huddled behind the we huddle huddled house. <laughs> behind the huddle house. Yeah. It was fun. The kids liked it. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't the best circumstances, but it wasn't the worst either. And I think it's kind of a fun memory. Uh, They were, they were young and I don't even remember what year that was, but yeah, the kids were younger and my mom and dad were there and my sister and her family. Yeah, it was, it was quite the caravan. So All right. Well, then last year changed your story. Tell us what happened last year. Last year changed my story for sure. We've had flooding in our neighborhood before when the hurricanes would come through and our street would flood. And that that happened over the years. We have videos. I mean, the kids are grown and married and have kids of their own now. But we have videos when the kids were younger, they would be canoeing up and down the the street, you know, it kind of looked like Venice, but we've never experienced a flood in the house. We've never had water come in, even all those years that we've been here and all the threat where the water would come up. But last year when Hurricane Ian came through, it was a very unusual storm. And even all of the weather people and everything were, they were saying how it was a storm that hasn't happened in like, I don't know, hundreds of years or something. It's, Mm. it was a very strange storm and it just would sit and dump all of this rain. And my husband even said we had maybe like six months worth of rain in one day. It was, it was a lot of rain and usually we're concerned about the wind because of the hurricane force yeah. winds that's, that's how what they I, that's what i always thought of categories. a hurricane i think of wind and, and knocking things down and blowing things around like a tornado yeah. with water <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> like a wet and that's usually i know it's it's like usually what you think about and that's usually our concern and the water yes 
uh, you get sandbags and all of that. But this one was so different and it was just the rain would not quit. And when that happens too, if the environment is not prepared to take on all of that water, the ground just becomes so saturated and there's nowhere for the water to go. And then we have some bodies of water around where we are. And it was just, there was nothing that really could stop the water flow and the water rising. But it was kind of a shock and a surprise to us because we didn't think this storm was going to be a bad one. It wasn't even a direct hit. It was coming across the state. And usually when it comes across the state from the other side, you know, I'm on the East Coast. When it comes across from the West Coast, oftentimes it'll slow down when it goes over land. So we were kind of caught by surprise with this one. And we were even commenting later in the evening that our power didn't even go out. And usually the power always goes out when we have a hurricane and it's something you can count on. Well, this time the power didn't even go out. And we're like, this is kind of cool. The power's still on. (laughs) And so we kind of rested a little bit in that and even fell asleep. And I got up a few different times because it was funny. I kept hearing the toilets like, like they were going to overflow or something. And then I'd go and check and everything was fine. And then next thing you know, I stepped down off the sofa and there was water on the carpet. And I thought the toilets had overflowed. That's what I, my initial thought was. And I yelled at my husband who never sleeps during a storm ever. He stays up all night watching everything. He fell asleep on the couch. So he jumps up and we, it just took a minute for us to realize what was really going on. And it was the water. It was just coming in the house. And so his first instinct, now it was still dark out because it was in the wee hours of the morning. It was probably around 4 a.m., maybe 4.30. He opened the front door and it just all started pouring it. It was as if someone had dropped all of our homes in the middle of a lake is what it was like. So it was a shock. <laughs> So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So we, the first thing that I thought was, where are my photos? So I ran to the back room and the guest room and I drug the photos out from under, they were in like a, a big, um, kind of a Tupperware kind of thing, a big, big container, plastic container that I had put them in actually the previous hurricane, I put them in there and I, I pulled it up and threw it on top of the bed. And it was just by a miracle that they didn't get ruined or wet inside because the cover wasn't even secure, but that was my first instinct. And then after that, we just had no idea what water can do. It's Mm. water is beautiful and wonderful, but it can be so destructive. Mm. Wow. What did it do? Well, when you think about it too, since we thought we were prepared, it, It's kind of like something I equate to life. Sometimes we are caught off guard because we think we're all prepared and ready for whatever. And then something like this happens that takes you by surprise. And I, we did not realize what the extent of the damage would be. But when you get water in your home, even a little water in your home. Now, this was almost two feet. It was like 18 inches when it was all said and done that rose up the wall there. And water causes all kinds of damage because it can start um, 
like getting behind the walls and then the mold starts to grow and that's a serious health issue and your belongings, you know, oftentimes you can't keep all of that. And what we had to do is we fled our, our nephew parked a few streets over where the water wasn't as high and he and his wife and this other gentleman waded through the water to get to our house. And then they rescued us out of the house with the cat in the carrier on top of uh, my husband's head. And then he and my, my nephew would, would keep passing the cat around. And we (laughs) waited. It was, yeah. It's like the cat was freaking out. Poor guy. And he, uh, did you still he have was very traumatized. That time? We did, but what my husband did was he went and shut the breaker off yeah, because the water be was rising. Yeah, yeah, up to the outlets. I'm it like, you still have electricity. The... You got water coming in. Oh my goodness, water and electricity don't I... mix. No, <laughs> that's what he thought. He's like, I need to just flip the breaker off, and he ran in in the back and he flipped it off and um, turned off the power to the house and. Yeah. So we were gone for a few days because we couldn't get back in. So the water sat in the house for quite a few hours. And then it was probably about 48 hours before we could, we could get back into the neighborhood and back into our home. And the water by then was gone. It had all receded, but you could see the aftermath of all the damage and all of that. Cause you then have to begin with the demolition part of taking out parts of the wall. My husband started it right away, taking about four feet up from the floor, all the walls in the entire home had to come out. And then all the furniture, everything, all of our earthly belongings that were from the ground to probably about four feet up and even higher because some of the longer skirts and dresses in my closet that were hanging they absorb the water. I do have we a single to... story home. We do. Yeah, we have a single story home. Did and everything went to the curb. We don't have a basement here in Florida. Okay. Uh, so that was a blessing. Some people have the basements in different areas and they have the sub pumps or whatever that'll pump the water out. But I, we don't have basements here because of the water level. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but it was just a sight to see because all of our neighbors were going through the same exact thing and all of the belongings in the aftermath had to be piled to the front of the house and just a stack of all the furniture, ev- everything that we needed to throw away. But an important thing to remember is make sure to take lots of photos of the things that you've had to discard and throw away. So you have a record of that. But but yeah, so it was a very devastating thing to happen. And it was exhausting because we were displaced for a while. We could not live in our home because of the threat of the mold. And we had to make sure that all of that was clear and clean and and, and the, the air was good quality air before we could move back in. How long so did we had you to stay, stay in, in the house with the, when the water was coming in before you were rescued i remember you telling me this one part of the story that i was just because you talked about it being surreal and i remember you telling me you were sitting on the sofa and you watched a tadpole swimming in your house i mean when was that happening and it's yeah it was it was crazy we because we weren't sure what we could do because the vehicles 
were also taking on water and in the driveway because it had gotten that far up and come into the house. So we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. And we were in the house probably, it was late afternoon, I think, before my nephew just appeared at the door. Was it raining that whole time? It was still raining. Yep. Still raining. And uh, yeah, so I I think because Brian had posted about it or messaged, um, let's say my, some family, my sister-in-law or something. And so next thing you know, he's at the door and he he's used to rescue because he's a firefighter for NASA uh, actually. So anyway, we were just so thankful to see him and his wife, Sheree and, and uh, the other gentleman that, that came to help us. And we just had to grab what we could and throw it in uh, plastic trash bags and take it out with us. And so that's what we did, but it it was something, it was something that we didn't expect. And it's like, you know, you're kind of just going through the motions because mm-hmm. like you said, it was so surreal when I was sitting there, I was making phone calls to report it to the insurance and all of that, because, you know, we were just, I mean, there wasn't anything much else to do. And so I made sure I made those calls and, and put the report in. But yeah, there was definitely a tadpole jumping around and and, and it's like, what is happening? It, it was just yeah. very surreal. And yeah, surreal you know, I didn't really realize the extent. Conveying people the level of emotional disturbance. Because we yeah. could talk about yes. it was raining and water came in the house and all sounds like a whole bunch of facts. That's where I want to yes. pause for my listeners to think about that. Imagine sitting on your sofa watching a tadpole jump in your living room. How would you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's surreal. It's like, wait a minute. This is like a video game. What's going on here? Yeah. It is. It is so strange. And the water wasn't even clear water because of the sewers were starting to back up and overflow. So it was, it was really bad, but, uh, but yeah, so just, I mean, pause and think about, these are things that people don't think about. Oh, it's rain. It's clear water. It's clean. It's, you know, because we don't know Yeah. until we've walked through this. We don't know until I walked through Alzheimer's with my mother-in-law, I had no clue how awful it is. So I want people to understand that when people have gone through these devastating things, this was traumatic for you. I mean, you're like walking through zombie life. <laughs> and, and just one person, one book in front of the other. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to convey it and I didn't even go through it. Yeah. You're so right, Danielle. And like you said earlier, what happens after the front page news, when people kind of go about their regular normal business. And I'll just say, you know, I've done that too. You see all kinds of things on the news and, and things that are traumatic in other people's lives and, and devastating things that are happening in your neighborhood or across the globe. And it, you just cannot understand the impact of it. And I think until someone has actually gone through and lived through it, it's really hard to understand. And people are very well-meaning and they want to help. And that was a blessing that came through from this very difficult thing, because as you always say, trauma is personal and it really affects people differently the way, you know, they, because some people had a good support system, even some people have a strong faith. Some people don't have anyone 
you know, and maybe they're elderly and they're homebound. There, there were so many difficult situations. And out of all of that, well, how we say beauty from ashes, it really brought out a community of people that were wanting to help. So people would come by and, and be driving up and down the road, bringing hot meals to the neighborhoods and bringing clothing and, and things, you know, to try to replace what was lost and community really started happening around the neighborhood with the neighbors. We were all, we could understand what was happening. We've been through a similar situation, although it affected us differently, but we could understand and we could help each other. Like Mm -hmm. someone has this so that they can loan it to that person or somebody has this or that, you know, or or just the encouragement part of it, you Mm -hmm. know, knowing that you're not alone. I think it's so important and it's an opportunity for other people to bless you and receive a blessing Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we're the ones wanting to bless other people, but we have to learn that it's okay to say, we're not okay and mm-hmm. that we we can receive a blessing from other people. Yeah, that's there's no shame in accepting help. Not being able to accept help can be a trauma response. There's a name for it, counter independence or hyper independence or counter dependence. It's a, because they build up such walls, they've had to take care of themselves. They don't trust anyone else. And so they just have to do it themselves. And in a situation, mm-hmm. if someone's going to give, then someone needs to receive. I mean, there's a reciprocation that must take place. There's two sides of that. Someone needs to yes. receive. And when you receive from someone who's giving to you, you are blessing them. And when mm-hmm. they're coming, you know, with a prompt to do it, giving heart, you are being a blessing to them. We're not talking about being a freeloader on people. That's not what we're talking about at all like that. (laughs) No, I totally get what you're saying. But, you know, we need each other. And your story about community was very touching to me because you have neighbors that they had like an RV or something you lived in for a while. Didn't that happen? Yes. Yes. Friends of ours, um, Roxanne, um, and Bill Kane, they live actually at the end of our street. I met Roxanne after I left banking because I was a banker for 29 years. And then I left banking and I was kind of in between what I was going to be doing. And I worked with my husband for a little bit in his business. And so uh, I started working at a local crisis pregnancy center as a volunteer. And Roxanne was a director there. So I got to meet her and we really hit it off. And we've been really fast and good friends ever since. And they live at the very end of our street, our street. uh, Well, she's like at the 34th block. It's um, so it's a long, a long, long street. (laughs) And I'm in the 24 blocks. It's kind of a long, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, they had, you know, just offered this to us because we stayed some at our son's and then and our daughter-in-law's and then we went and stayed a little while at, at my daughter and son-in-law's house, which worked out really well because they happened to have been away with the kids when this happened. So we had their whole house, you know, where we could just kind of, you know, be away from all of that, but they live about 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes from us. And this came at such a wonderful opportune time because we 
uh, were able to have their 26 foot camper. And it's like a kind of a pool camper that you hook up to the truck and it really nice. And they said, we're just going to park it in your driveway. You can stay in there while you're on site and can work on the house. Cause my husband was doing a lot of this stuff on the house. So that was such a big blessing to us. And, you know, cause people were kind of scrambling a lot of the neighbors, you would go up and down the street and see RVs all up and down the street because they would go to the places and rent them or lease them or whatever, or some people that had them would loan them to their friends. And, and it, that's what most people were staying in until, you know, they could get back into their homes. Other people had to just leave and leave their home. And so just up until a few months ago, people were still taking walls out and stuff, which, you know, is really bad when it gets to that point. But that was a huge blessing to be able to do that. And so it just, people would ask like, what, what happened with your faith when that was all going on? You know, were you questioning God? Were you mad at God? And I'm sure that people have that response and it's okay to talk to God about that. If, if something happens and you don't understand and, and you want to just have a conversation with God about that. But for me, I, it just continually drew me closer and I just had conversations with God and just like, what, what is the wisdom of the next steps we need to take? And the overall feeling though, Daniel, when people would say, how are you doing? I guess my response oftentimes was, I'm just exhausted. You know, that exhaustion beyond mm-hmm. tired. Because yeah, it was well, this all, happened you know, was, last September. That's nine months, and you're still dealing with yeah. aftermath, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. We still have some things that we're finishing up in the house. We have been back at the house, praise the Lord, for several months. And so that's been a blessing. And so now I can be back in the house and do like recordings and all of that and live in the house. But there's still things that we're doing in the house that have to be completed. And when you order doors and things like that, you know, sometimes the sizes aren't right and all of that. So it's a little bit of a setback, but, but yeah, we're back in the house, but it, yeah, it's still not finished. I mean, it's, it's, good. It's in good shape, but there's just the finishing touches like the trim and the baseboards and those kind of things that you just take for granted that your house has baseboards, you know, (laughs) until you have to rip them out. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think of all those details, which is why I wanted you to share your story like this and going through something Mm -hmm. like that. It would be easy to develop a victim mindset or a victim Mm -hmm. mentality or to feel, you know, why did this happen to me? How did you intentionally become a victor instead of that? Mm, That's a great question. I had to really stop myself and remember that I wasn't the only person that this happened to. And my sister actually her house flooded as well. She lives a city over from us, a city north of us, and her home flooded. And then we started calling ourselves the Flood Sisters and, oh, you know, <laughs> kind of tried to help and encourage each other and everything because it was like the Flood Sisters. But, um, you know, it it was really, it was very challenging. But I'll have to say, you know, overall, it did 
help my faith, whereas I could lean on the Lord knowing that it would have to only be his strength that could, you know, get us through. So I don't know if that, did that kind of answer the question or? Well, you leaned into your faith. That's how you, you overcame this. You leaned into your faith and, you know, believed that he would use the word beauty for ashes. I have trouble doing that because there's water and there's not ashes in water. So I don't know what the picture would be if you use water. I don't know. You turn a mermaid from a fish. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it's so funny too, along the way, as you're clearing stuff, you know, you're clearing debris out of your house, which is actually your belongings, oh, trying just, to peel just pause away there for the my listeners yeah. to that word. Yeah. Think about yeah. your home and there being something called debris in your home. Uh, it's just, yeah, that's painful yeah. to hear. Oh, yeah, it's because it doesn't belong there. You know, we look at something and we go, this does not belong. This does not compute. You know, <laughs> this does not belong here. This is not normal, you know, to have all of this in the house. And then trying to go through all of your precious mementos and things and peeling photos apart and all of that. Mm. But little glimpses of God was right in all of that. Like he would, he would constantly remind me that he was right there. Like I came across uh, a little, I don't know. It was like just a little tiny piece of paper that you'd like rip off a notepad. Mm -hmm. And I had written a scripture verse on it. And I don't know if it was from when I did a study or when it was from, but it was uh, Deuteronomy 33, 25. And the scripture said, your sandals shall be iron and bronze as your days show. So shall your strength be. And it just was right there. And it was written in a marker. So it had kind of, uh, you know, how like when you write marker and then you wet it, it kind of fades bleeds. or like bleeds a little bit. Yeah. And it just stood out to me. And I was like, oh, okay. So shall your strength be. And I, I think that was a blessing that was, uh, Actually, Moses was saying that to the tribe of Asher, but I said, I'm taking that for me. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you have other scriptures that come through, like the Isaiah 43, 2, that, that talks about, you know, the waters won't overtake you. And, you know, those kind of things really have such deep meaning when mm-hmm. you're going through something like that. And yeah, along the way, I would come across things and I would post them on Facebook and say, oh, look at this encouragement from the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of all the chaos and everything. So, so it was good, but it was an opportunity also to encourage other people that were going through it as well. And so, and I work at my church on um, staff there. And so we had a a lot of phone calls from people that needed assistance and help and all of that. And so I was able to be on that end and, and actually say, you know, I can kind of understand somewhat of what you're going through and, and offer some encouragement there too. So yeah. it was, it was quite the the thing. <laughs> yeah. But then you went through all of this and now you have a new book. How do you have a new book when you've been going through all, where, where did you write? When did you write? How, how? Tell us about this book. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just something that started because the book has been in the making for over a year. 
when I signed the contract for the book, it was, I believe it was actually May of 22. So I had been writing it all along and different things would come up. Okay. So the name of the book is surrender the joy stealers, rediscover the Jesus joy in you. And it's rooted in John 15. And so I'm, I'm writing through this book and these things kept happening in my life, which you know, oftentimes you'll hear, and you've experienced that too, Daniel, when you're writing a book, you're kind of either have lived it or living through it, or, you know, some, something about your experience is, is pouring into the book. And so things would happen. And I would think, yes, this is definitely threatening to steal my joy. And, you know, so then comes the flood. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be a big joy stealer. (laughs) Yes. And it was something where, you know, it was really all God's timing because I've been, as you know, too, because we've known each other for years from back from tribe writer time where we were in that, you know, the writing membership together and, and learning uh, all the things, you know, for (laughs) our craft of writing. And so this book's timing was just like God's timing. And so I actually was able to add this part of what, it was going on with the flood in into the book because it wasn't finished yet. And so, uh, so yeah, it's in there, the story about it, but that's, you know, how it was kind of coming through. And I just would take just little nuggets of time when I could and, and just work on it. And we have a very awesome friend of the family that had offered his condo. And so we, we would, some we've been there a few times too, or just a place you can go off and, and write, you know, and kind of finish things up and do things that you need to do. So that's kind of what was happening with the book, but it was so like perfect, not perfect that it happened, but I mean, the you know, fit perfect fit for surrendering our joy stealers because, you know, the message of the book takes people from identifying what threatens to steal their joy through surrendering it to God and then moving forward and, and receiving the joy that, you know, Jesus has given us. He, he tells us this in John 15 and then, and then it goes through to renew and then rest and then reach like reach is the last week of the study. And it talks about, you know, God always, you know, wants to bear much fruit in us and produce much fruit, but it's like, well, what is this fruit all about? You know, what is the fruit and all of that? And so the last uh, section, the last session of the Bible study, the last week talks about reach and how, you know, we can use our gifts that we've been given to impact the world for Christ and serve other people that are going through times like this. (laughs) You know, I, I talk about my friend, Annie, who has a meal ministry and her heart is to make uh, meals for people. And she has a whole team that does this. And when there's a need, she puts out a message and the meal team signs up. And so when this happened to us, we were staying at our son's the first you know, few days of it. And she brought us a hot meal. And it's, you know, it's, it's for our physical body, but it's also warmth for our souls too. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm listening to you talk about this book and I'm going, this was such a gift. God gave you this ahead of time. I can see how Mm -hmm. you preparing in the scriptures before Ian even hit and that carrying you through that time. Wow. That's powerful. 
Yeah, that is so true. And that's an unexpected thing. You and I were talking about unexpected things and how you wanted the listener, you wanted to talk with them about unexpected things. But as I'm listening to your story, it's not just unexpected things that can be negative or hard or harmful Mm -hmm. or hurtful on that side of the spectrum. There's also unexpected things that are positive and good. Like the unexpected yes. meal and the unexpected condom plan, the unexpected re- rescue and the unexpected parking in your neighbors at the same time. So you want to elaborate yes. on these unexpected things? <laughs> yes, unexpected. And I think the whole thing that is so important to remember is what what is our foundation? Do we have a firm foundation? Because when you think about it, We've lost so many trees over the years because of all of the hurricanes and the flooding, because the water saturates the roots of the tree and they can no longer stand. So once those roots get so saturated and the ground gets so saturated, it weakens the root system and it weakens the foundation and the tree topples over. And once that happens, you know, you got a dead tree. I mean, it's, it's no longer any use except maybe for firewood if you dry it out, but that's it's like the tree drowns, life is too. right? Yeah. It's like the tree yeah, drowns. Literally. Never thought yeah, of a tree and, drowning before. Wow. Yeah. It's just, uh, and it, it's just very vulnerable to mm-hmm. all of the things that are coming at it. So in our life, we can be vulnerable too if we don't have a solid foundation that we've, like you said, about the book and things, you know, all the way being prepared for things like that, that are going to happen that we don't know about the unexpected things. But I love how you also brought up that there were unexpected blessings in all of that, because that is such a great thing to to focus on because oftentimes we focus on all the negative things that seem to shout louder in our lives than all of the blessings and positive things. So that's something that we can intentionally do is to focus on what good has come from it. And like, you know, the Lord says in his word that he does work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his service. And um uh, and his purpose in Romans eight twenty eight. So that's just something that continually was a reminder to me too. It's like, oh, this is bad, but look, you know, and even when we think about there, you know, there's an enemy of our soul who wants to allow and create havoc. His only purpose on earth is to steal, kill and destroy. And then we, we think about the fact that how God turns it around and what he means for harm, God can use it for good. And, and so the nuggets of truth and beauty come from it, but we, it is a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. We could, like you said, we could just wallow in it and, and remain a victim uh, in it because we don't see how we can actually be active participants in the hope and the solution of the issues going on around us and be hope and encouragement to someone else rather than just being isolated on our own and not receiving what God is wanting to give us. And that's the joy that he's put in our hearts. Yeah, because I'll carry us through. I'm reminded of an old joke that there was a flood 
And this guy said, God saved me. And they sent a boat and they sent a helicopter and they sent to this and he didn't go. And then he's in heaven going, God, I prayed you'd save me. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. You know, we, we need to reach out and receive the help that God has given us. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we ignore the bad either. I want to pause here for my listener because I'm not, we are not peddling. Doris and I are not peddling toxic positivity where we pretend that everything's fine when it's not right nope yeah we have to validate what is going on we have to feel the pain and walk through it to the other Mm -hmm. side but we can feed the hope and feed the positive Mm -hmm. and make that stronger in us Mm -hmm. yeah amen and that's why i felt it so important that the very first week in the bible study is to reveal all this, all the weeks have, start with an R. So the first week is reveal and we need to reveal what's going on, you know, reveal what is threatening to steal our joy. And sometimes we might not even realize what it is. It could mm-hmm. be something from our past that's causing these things to happen in our lives that we haven't yet realized that that's mm-hmm. what it is, you know, making a connection to kind of praying about what is it and, and putting a name to it. Yeah. And I, I tell the story about when I was in banking, I I went through a couple of bank robberies, but one in particular was more traumatic than the other one. And whenever you have a robbery at a bank, you have a description sheet that you have to complete after they leave and everything, you know, you're safe to start doing that. And each, each person on the staff has to separate themselves and write a description of what they saw you know, to identify these people or this person that came in, mm-hmm. I call, I call them the joy stealers, you know, that tried to come in and store door, but uh, this way the police can identify them because unless you identify, they can't be dealt with and right. they, you know, so they, you know, a threat can't be eliminated until it's, revealed, you know, until it's identified. So, and that's like the very first thing to work through in the study. So, and then week two is um, respond. So it's like, okay, here these are, so how do we respond to this, you know, responding through surrender and kind of going through that. So it is important. And I'm glad that you did bring that out because in no way, what, what we want to say, just shove it under the rug because no rug can hold (laughs) those kind of things. And so things need to be exposed to the light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you want to add that we haven't been able to discuss? I just want to add that, you know, I appreciate the listener listening in or watching if they're watching through YouTube and that it's by no accident that you're here. It's by no accident that you're listening to this. It's by no accident that you um, love Danielle because she certainly does love you. And I just, I love when I see that on the internet, when I see her posting, good morning, I love you. And then the hashtag about the woman on the internet that loves you, right? That's so such that a hashtag. It's that lady on the internet. That lady. That lady that on lady, the internet yeah. who loves you. That lady. <laughs> yes. That lady. Yeah. And, you know, it's just to be encouraged that we're never alone in whatever it is that we're going through and to, it takes more courage to step out and ask for help 
but that's not a weakness. It's a strength. So, yeah. So I just uh, want to encourage the, the audience today, whoever's listening that if there's something that you're struggling with, that it is not a weakness and not to let the other voices kind of tell you that you don't need help. Or, you know, if you, if you ask for help, that it's something that you're, you know, weak about, you know, your, your faith should be stronger. You should pray harder, you know, read your Bible more. And it's like, no, no. If you need help, ask for help and God will provide that. Amen. It's courageous to ask for help. I love that. So yes. how can people connect with you? And when does your book come out? When it is launching? Where can they get it? Tell us how people can connect with you in your book. Thank you. Yes. Well, you can connect with me at dorisswift.com. And you have the book is right there on the front page. It's actually available now. It launched earlier than originally anticipated. So it's available right now on Amazon and you can find it on Amazon, but you can go to my website, doraswift.com and the link's right there on the homepage. And the home of my podcast is there too. So you can listen to the podcast right on the website. There's a link to the podcast page and I would love for you to reach out and connect with me and, you know, let me know that you listened in and, and uh, how it might've encouraged you in some way. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Doris. And I will have all those links in the show notes for you who are listening so you can connect. You can get a copy of the Joy Stealers and you can feed your joy. You can expose why you're struggling with that and you can let Doris lead you out into a bigger place of joy. So thank you for being with me today, Doris. Thank you. And on the front page, when you go to there, there's some freebies there. And one of them is... Uh, a resource and it's kind of a uh, kind of a mini version of the book that you can work through. So I just oh, want fine. to mention that's on the front page too. It's called surrender the joy stealers resource. So that's free. <laughs> awesome. We love free, right? Everybody loves free. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being with me today, Doris and listeners. Thank, thank you for you. being with us and listening in and connect with Doris and until next time. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Victorious Souls Podcast. You matter and you are loved. We'd love to connect with you further. So please visit us at daniellebernock.com and grab a copy of Danielle's free audiobook. And remember, only you can change your life. No one can do it for you. <laughs>